Welcome to Movie and a Beer, everybody. This is Dan bringing us down on into this wonderful episode. And we have our three awesome friends and co-hosts with us tonight. My name is Aaron. I'm the ghost of Christmas past. I'm your host, Blake. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> and I am Brian, ghost of Christmas future. You do know that the Ghost of Christmas Future doesn't actually have any words in the movie, right? Yeah, he's silent. But, so Dan, but Dan, I'm not going to say another thing this she, whole podcast. She oh, no. Bob. Thanks for joining us on this uh, centennial episode of Movie to Beer. We watched The Muppet Christmas Carol, which is a great film. If you have not watched it, it came out in 1992. 1992. It does borrow some special effects and some weirdness from previous movies like Ghostbusters and Star Wars and things, which are very, very very obvious to those that are movie buffs, but to the common kid that's just watching this for the first time, be like, what's that about? Also the Muppet show and the Muppet show. If this is like it's an hour and a half episode of a Muppet show with a really amazing actor from England by the name of Michael Caine, Michael Caine. Yes. The very same (laughs) Michael Caine of Jaws four and uh, uh, Austin Powers gold member. (laughs) Yes. And also based on a Christmas classic. And yes. classic of literature. Yes. By Darl's Chickens. I mean, Darl's Charles Dickens. Dickens. Dostoevsky Chickens. There, there were <laughs> lots of chickens in this, too. See, that Gonzo, I would read. Gonzo played our narrator. And then we the, also great had, Gonzo the great Gonzo played, played uh, the Charles narrator. Dickens, narrating yes. the story, in, in some in some cases, verbatim from the book, just full yeah. passages. Often, yeah. yeah. Often. And, and so there's a lot of really interesting things we can talk about, which we will in a moment. But we also had a couple of interesting beers that I picked out specifically for this movie, which I did get at our resident, one of the resident local amazing bottle shops called Bridgetown Beer House. We love Bridgetown. Uh, they're off of Mississippi. Go check them out. They're really cool. So we have uh, Ill-Tempered Gnome from Oakshire Brewing, which is out of Eugene. And this is in a traditional... Winter Ale, it's based off of, uh, I guess you would call an American brown recipe, but it's got just more bitterness to it, and which kind of fit at the beginning of the film. And then the second one we had was Hail Saint. Grains of Wrath. Grains of Wrath, which is also, it's a play on words. But yeah, Hail Santa, which is a holiday spice ale from Grains of Wrath, not, you know, what you were not, thinking. Not the Steinbeck, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> Another classic, but not the right classic. So both of these, I, I thought both went pretty well. Uh, the second one was a little bit more spicy towards the second half and later part of the movie. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But this was the first Muppet movie after Jim Henson had passed. And this it, is the Henson yeah. Companies. And there's a lot of discussion, and you can research this a lot about what's going on. And, and I have multiple heads shaking over here. So I'm going to shut up and let the people who know speak well, to this. Brian Henson, Jim Henson's son's directorial debut he, he nope. worked on other muppet pr- uh productions uh, dark crystal the first teenage mutant ninja turtles movie and you know a few others but this is frankly i think it was frank oz uh helping him kind get- of just shepherding uh, mm-hmm. brian through the process too mm-hmm. and and uh, at the time brian evidently felt a lot of pressure yeah because uh <laughs> jim henson had just recently passed and you know if the muppet franchise was meant to you know, live beyond him and continue to to you know to to prov- you know make an inter- entertainment. Um, a lot of that was going to ride on how this movie did. Yeah, and at the time, it was it was felt that Jim Henson was the Muppets and Sesame Street mm-hmm. and all of those characters, and it was it was definitely felt that the the franchise would not survive his death. Mm-hmm. I, I am listening, Brian. I really am, but I just noticed you used the word felt twice. And I'm 
<laughs> if I don't say it, I'm going to go insane. That's re- that's say really it. that's amazing. We're going to have a conversation later on in this episode about. The I thought you were going to say off mic to tell Blake to stop pointing <laughs> no, out puns about the genetics of Muppets and how does this work? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to mute for that part. There's questions. Maybe, maybe I have we a should lot have a, questions. Uh, like a movie Nabir B channel, like in depth <laughs> discussion of Muppet DNA. But and, anyway, back to the film. <laughs> back yeah, to the film. Yeah. Yes. This film, uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, definitely proved that uh, Brian Henson had his chops. Yeah, yes. yeah. It was, and it also ensured that the franchise would continue. Agreed. It, even, mm-hmm. even though Frank Oz is a power in his own right. Sure. It was felt that without Jim Henson and that collaboration, right, like it, there, it wasn't going to work. There's a lot of shows and a lot of properties that once the creator is gone, it falls so, apart. Yeah. Not every time does it fall apart. Frank yep. Oz says as Yoda. Take that. Yeah, yeah, I said it like Yoda. Just Dan, do some work. Do some producer work. <laughs> but like, like Yoda, Yoda, but, Yoda but, was Frank Oz. Too. Yeah, like, he was yeah, Frank Oz. Yeah. But he was uh, old like shows old. like uh, Boondocks, Community, a uh, few other television shows where the creators were kicked off. The show still kind of works, but you can tell there's something missing. Yeah, yeah. and I understand that would probably be a fear with this that Jim Henson was the mu- the Muppets were Jim Henson. The, the magic would change. The it, alchemy would change. Yeah, like right. he was the only one who was ever Kermit before this movie. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was the Muppets. To Brian Henson's credit, I, I, and some of the trivia I, I was reading up on, uh, Michael Caine was surprised to know this was his debut as a director. He thought he'd been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. He was. He, he apparently went to him like, "You're doing a great job." Yeah, well, a, a great job at the time, but I, I think from you know history too, because I, if you ask somebody kind of about my age, like, what's the biggest Muppet movie that they know? Muppet Treasure Island is going to be yeah. up there. Yeah, that one. And that was 96, 97, yeah. 96. It, it was later. I mean, and, that yeah. also had the it had Tim Curry. It's kind of right. hard. To, it's hard to top Tim Curry for like okay, a fair, fair point. But like I, I'm saying this was a success that the, the Muppets continued to be culturally yes. relevant. Yeah. And, and yeah. that they continued Agreed. like it didn't die with Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was after the show ended. So I grew up watching. The Muppets. Yeah, the show is seventies um, through early eighties, I think. Mid eighties. Mid eighties. And I know and, the and second Ninja Turtles movie had in memory of Jim Henson. That was yeah. nineteen ninety. So that yeah, mm-hmm. that it was right around this time that people are probably thinking, I don't know if the Muppets can still happen. Well, I, I know originally this was intended to be a like a made for TV movie. Yeah, like right to ABC, and, Disney, blah right. blah blah. And somehow Disney got the rights, or somehow injected themselves into the process and they gave it a much larger budget and they also slated it for theatrical release. I won't tell you how old I was in 1992. I was around, but I was also not paying attention to box office receipts. So, (laughs) (laughs) I I was eight at the time. That's all I cared about. Like, how much money is this making? (laughs) You were like a young Scrooge. (laughs) And and the move to theatrical release allowed them to hire Michael Caine, Mm -hmm. which added so much to this film. He he added the gravitas Mm -hmm. along with the original source material to make this weighty weighty and not just be a, a cartoonish uh, a, a second key, thought so Muppet so this movie. this according to the internet and everything i read on the internet is true made 27.2 million dollars in the theaters what was 1992 dollars what, what do, do you have a do you have what they spent to make it no, I didn't. Fair enough. It was probably not twenty-seven million. Right, 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 right. million. This was done right, on the right. same sound stage they did the Muppet Show on. I mean, Love seriously, it. like you could tell the there was some obvious. I mean, from a 
all right, you just have to suspend a lot of belief here because this is a Muppet movie. You've, if you've seen the show, you know it's usually done against a, a backdrop. Some, most of this was done on a soundstage, and then they, they put in the backdrop of London because it's really expensive to make models that are that big, especially if it's going to be a scene that's just a passing shot. Yeah. So I applaud them for actually having it work really contiguously. Mm-hmm. If you pay attention and you care about those things, there are some holes and some issues and some continuity stuff, but it's a Charles, it's it's a make of one of the hundreds of remakes yeah, of telling yeah. of the story of A Christmas Carol. So right. At least 17. As, yeah. as we found from that one, yeah. uh, one so listicle. There's, there's, yeah, there's there was a, well, there was top 16. We're assuming there's a 17th that didn't make the at cut. At least. Yeah, <laughs> at least. And, and many, many TV shows have referenced it and or told it and or did an episode and referencing. So there's it's just a, a countless tale. It, it, well, it's, it's embedded in, in popular culture. But oh, I think much. even a Muppet Christmas Carol itself is also a, f- a fixture in, in like modern oh, yeah. culture, too. It's, it's both. It, it, it builds on the Charles Dickens story. Uh, Charles Dickens himself was fantastically popular and well-read during his own lifetime. So he achieved kind of a celebrity status that was uh, unusual or very, very rare before his before his his own celebrity, uh, uh, at least for you know somebody that wasn't a ruler or you know some kind of emperor or king or something like that. He's um, he's a ruler and emperor of words. Yeah. Yeah. He used a king, lot of them. Um, you know, this is a movie I can see people watching as part of a Christmas tradition. You know, every year kind of returning to this. And if I can if I can circle back uh, to just an earlier point in conversation, Brian, you were talking about Michael Caine kind of lending some gravitas and weight to this. Can you imagine anybody else playing this role? Can you imagine anybody else like doing it that well? Eddie and Murphy. <laughs> I I want to see it, but it wouldn't be as good. Sean Connery. No. no. I, I, like, I, I think Michael Caine. Please, Spirit, tell me there's more time. <laughs> I mean, at least it'd be a little bit more true. Well, no, I mean, my, you know, Michael Caine is British, so I mean, right. at least it is being told in London. And he's but a classical actor, and none, he, he approached us like he was going to do the role. He's do the, the role only theater. one that has an accent. The whole rest of the cast and characters don't have. Accents. I think you could argue that at least one of the or two of the Christmas spirits had accents of various uh, kinds. Maybe. Also, it, it, none of the Muppets. The, the Muppets all have American accents. Just right. a, a spoiler alert for anybody. Who hasn't They're Muppets seen from yet. the show. I mean, literally. So we're looking at this, going like, where are they drawing inspiration from for future movies? So we were taught. We talked about the Dark Crystal, and you know that was a Jim Henson production from a Muppet standpoint. And we're like, oh, dude, that that one character in the background that looks like a Skeksis, or that like the ghost that first uh, visited ghost him. Christmas present looked kind of like a Gelfling. A Gelfling. Yeah. And, uh, Christmas past. Christmas past. Christmas yes. past. Yeah, that was the first. The, the, the yeah, present one looked one. like. A, a jolly, uh, jolly that, giant. That terrifying yeah. thing, Dan. The Skeksis. So, so the bad, the bad birds that are in the Dark Crystal. No, no, I'm talking about the the, the fast food mascot. He's, no, oh. he, he's talking about the guy with the beard. The guy with yeah, the yeah, beard. Christmas, so, Christmas present. The yeah. jolly so green giant. The AMPM mascot, which I, it, it it goes by a couple different names, but it's horrifying. A giant thing made. It of looks fast like a pr- food it looks like a proto gritty. <laughs> It does. And I was like, I wonder where they got the, oh, that's where they got that from. Because the first scene is like, you have this giant Santa Claus guy, and it's just like, oh, that's not pretty. So I forgot there were other human actors in this movie. They don't have speaking roles, though. Uh, his, his, his nephew does. His, his nephew's, nephew's wife. His wife. Nephew nephew's wife. Uh, the people in the background have, have uh, songs and stuff. but Some of the I, other school children when uh, he visits, revisits yep, the yep. schoolhouse. Correct. But, but most of the time, it's Michael Caine. As it's Michael Caine. And Muppets. Yes. And, and Muppets... Which the, the the initial round of credits don't give credit to 
each individual Muppet until it goes to like the scrolling. Yeah. yeah. Kermit the Frog as Bob Marley. Which uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, Bob, Bob Marley. Marley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this opens up a no, really woman. hey woman, no cry. <laughs> This opens up a really interesting <laughs> investigation. Yes. Just, just make a quick it, note it to was, sell this. <laughs> it was Scrooge's biological family that were human. Correct. Yes. All the other creatures were Muppets. Except, so let's except, talk about biology. Except Fozzie's daughter or Fo- someone in Fozzie's family was a human. I don't think so. Um, oh, Belle. Belle was a friend Belle? of the family. Friend of the family. Okay, friend I missed that. I missed yeah. that. And, and Belle yeah. was biologically attached to Scrooge because that was his there, there love was interest. A, right, they right. were romantically That's compatible. Fair. Oh, yes. I mean, they were biologically compatible. They were romantically not compatible. That's why they split. Yes. But Correct. Like, but there's not like interspecies human on Muppet action. If you want that, this is not your movie. <laughs> but there is interspecies on Muppet And by the way, this film Muppet is stuff. kid-friendly. It is oh, very absolutely. kid-friendly. Absolutely. They're going to laugh at it because it is funny. It does use typical Muppet humor, which is a mm-hmm. lot of sight gags and, and then falling. Dick, uh, very vaudeville wordplay jokes, yes. with, uh, especially from Walter uh, Statler and Waldorf. Yes. Love those guys. Yeah. The, uh, but, but even uh, our, our two narrators... I feel like they do a really good job in a kid-friendly way. One to to treat Charles Dickens seriously, but then two to, to prevent that or to present that in a kid-friendly format. Well, it's it's a like, classic comedy uh, routine. Have a straight man with the weirdo, right? Like most most sketch comedy. Like you watch any Mad TV, SNL, Kids in the Hall, Lauren Hardy, Lauren yeah. Hardy. There'll be a straight man reacting to the weirdness to heighten how weird the weirdness is. And and you also said that it, it, some of the reviews and there's a really interesting video that I sent to the guys so we could preface this discussion that it's actually like, so Dickens actually being cited and recited and then having that audience character be relatable and asking those questions of the narrator that, the kids would be asking, right, and and be, and explaining so, yeah. it in not a dumbed down way. So but exactly, explaining our, it. our two our two ho- our hosts and two narrators are, are Gonzo the Great, and then also it's Rizzo a, the Rat. Rizzo the Rat, yes, and Rizzo does an excellent job, I think, as a stand-in <laughs> for like you know, if you got a an eight-year-old, you know, what, well, what are the questions they're going to be asking if they're not familiar with Charles Dickens in, in a Christmas Carol? And he's quick with the jokes, so once they start getting bored, they'll see him eating an apple, like the <clears throat> kickoff joke. Uh, like we're not gonna have any more uh, stock, uh, stock if you keep eating these apples. I'm increasing demand. Crunch, 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 crunch. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm reducing supply and driving up yeah, the price. Yeah, yeah. All right. yeah and, and and Gonzo has the opportunity to actually recite some of Dickens' words, which is so cool. Yeah. Verbatim, yep. verbatim. And you know, being an English lit major, I had forgotten what a wordsmith Dickens was. I mean, Dickens mm-hmm. writes a lot. He doesn't get paid per I, I, per word. He but, gets you paid know. Per, no, he, he, got, he, he got paid per word. That's why he wrote so much. Per word. <laughs> but <laughs> some of his prose is really oh, magnificent. It's, it's, it's really well, uh, well pile, wrought. Pile of bricks, something. like Just saying, describing a building as pile of bricks, like, ooh, yeah, I, well, I get that. But, yeah. uh, well, Dan was like saying it. before, you know, this is kid appropriate, but I think this also works for grownups, too. It's appropriate. There's so much in here that will have a mass appeal to... Every different person in your family is going to find something to love in this movie. I mean, like, simply for him to be able to read off as, you know, the ghost of Christmas past takes him to his old school. Oh, yeah. And they start immediately talking about the scents, the the smells, the, the aromas, thousand, they list, they different odors connected different to a thousand odors. different yep. thoughts yes. and a thousand they, different they emotions. They list like seven different yes. things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can see and that. And that's straight. I mean, and it worked for the scene. I was like, wow, yeah. they really did a good job of yeah. translating such verboseness into a visual medium. 
Now, we're saying a lot of really good things about this film, and I think it deserves it. I think we're being fair and we're being honest. However, there is some internet argument about a decision that Disney had made 30 years ago. Yes. So, Blake, maybe you want to set this up, uh, and we can sing a song about it. Well, Aaron, (laughs) I'm not going to sing. But there, was a, there, but there was no, a song. There's a, oh my the, God, I hate musicals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What does Dan think? What does Dan think? I hate them as well. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> no, yeah, this, is the, this is what we're doing for the hundreds. All right, boys, five, six, seven, eight. One, no, we're not musical. Songs on the wall. No. <laughs> yes. So you, you just YouTube it or Google it. They're, they uh, removed yeah. the movie from the original cut. And I, haven't, I didn't get a chance to check. If you have Disney Plus, it might be on there. Because they uh, added after it after December 9th. Uh, after December, so it should be there now. Stored the but, original uh, director's but if cut. You, but if you yeah. don't, the there's a cut. scene. It's a, it's a Ghost of Christmas Past, I believe. Yes, it's a he, he meets Belle the second. Uh, we see a meteor the second time. Scrooge's love interest, Belle. Yes, yes, is sitting by a lake, and, and he comes to join her, and, and, she, and says, she laments that all he cares about is money, and he yes. keeps saying, "Well, no, I'm doing this to do better. I want to do better by I'm you. I'm doing this for you, dear." And she just wants him, you know, his time. And she, and she wants a, a relationship, a love interest that's present. Yeah. And, and she doesn't care about the money. Yep. And in the original version, there's a song that they do, I, I guess, a reprise. Is yes. that what it is in a music? A reprise at the end that kind of answers. It also informs his decisions as a character, Scrooge's, what, as Scrooge's character. What his motivations are, yeah. the decisions he's making. But then also, too, of like, why is his relationship with Belle dis- dissolving? Yeah, and we don't we don't know that now in like the popular cut, not the nah. director's cut. In the popular, you see them meet at uh, F- Foswick's party, Christmas party, and then they cut to one of possibly two. He mentions <laughs> he mentions this Christmas party is so popular. I should do it twice a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then later, supposedly older because it's a different actor for Scrooge, uh, essentially breaking up, and then Scrooge saying, "Oh, oh no, I screwed up." Well, and the thing is, is in that in that cut scene, he actually is singing along with Belle, yeah, like fifty yeah. years like after Kane. the fact. Yeah, and so the old version of Scrooge, like clearly, that left such an impression on him that he remembered every word. He remembered the song. He sang yep, it with yep, her yep. while he was crying, uh, you know, revisiting this memory with the ghost of Christmas. Yeah, he past. he he realizes at the end of the film that he had a choice to go two different directions. Right. And he went the wrong direction. He chose so wrong. The real, the real point of this conversation he chose poorly. is yes. why does Disney suck? And why did they make that decision? At the <laughs> because time? they're basically Scrooge. All they want is money. That <laughs> being said, uh, put yes. me in Ant Man three, you cowards. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so there was. There's it's a easier lot of... to sell a, uh, an hour thirty minute film to theaters yeah. than it is to sell an hour forty minute film yes. to theaters. Commercially would... correct, but artistically wrong. Well, I was correct. wondering maybe, maybe yeah. it's like they they didn't respect the kids enough to think it was uh, going to be important. They, they really. may not get it. That was one of their thoughts. Was I don't would, know. would kids be into this? Which kids are incredibly savvy. They they are, and like so many kids. I, I mean, I say this now here in twenty. It's twenty twenty two. That's a grown ass of, man. <laughs> I say this as a grown ass man really in twenty twenty two. Like yeah. so many kids have had you know parent parental marriages dissolve, or like their parents were never married. It, like they've had to navigate adult relationships between their adults. I think yeah. kids would absolutely get it. They would absolutely know what's going on. Well, we, we've also got to look at what's going on in the in- industry in 1992 when this was made. Mm-hmm. Uh, musicals were on the decline, so it was it was thought yeah. by the studios that one mm. more musical number maybe too much, maybe too much. Huh? Yeah. Huh. 
I don't know. I don't know. Blake, what, you, what, you're what, four when this came out? Eight. Okay, eight. <laughs> Do you remember any musicals from back then? Grease. I, I was more into, no, I ate Grease, and that's why I'm so sick now all the time now. Grease was way earlier. That was way earlier. Uh, the, no, the, I... The Wiz was way earlier. There yeah. weren't a lot of feature film musicals. Okay. Well, the like, heyday was like I American the most, I, or the most like, I watched yeah, as a kid yeah. were Little Mermaid. I Did The Land Before Time have... Songs in it. I don't remember. I remember uh, Aladdin. Cro- Aladdin. I think Aladdin. I watched like a maniac, but that yeah, was probably it, for that, Ryan that was that was so two thousands. Yeah. But no, Aladdin. Yeah. Aladdin was ninety ninety two. I don't know 90, when was no. okay. I'm talking I, about. I, the I, I am going to say one. though. I am going to say yeah. The animated. Now I will say that the Muppet Show had a musical guest every episode, so music and yeah, sing-alongs yeah. happened before that performance. During the performance, they performed with the Muppets and did their solo stuff, and then after. So there was always music and singing involved with the Muppets. So this is, again, if this was part meant of, to be part just of the ex- Muppet world. The Muppet world includes music and singing. Yeah, so, but musicals as a theatrical release, correct. that was a 60s and 70s yeah. art form, and it, it really died in the 80s. It really did. So we, we have two people shaking their heads no now. Oh, oh no, I, just, we were I did a, a Google search. Aladdin's uh, theatrical release, November 25th, 1992. Almost exactly contemporaneous. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, like I and, genuinely and that's thought the it was Robin a lot Williams' leader. big blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. That ro- Robin Williams Genie. was Genie. It's called yep. Genie, yep. Dan. <laughs> Please forgive me. You're, for, you're forgiven. I'm old and, for, and forgetful. And I'm a young Scrooge after all the ghosts well, bothered him. You're none, forgiven. None of us labeled ourselves as the Disney animated feature expert. No. Like we didn't we none of us introduced We're ourselves. We're ghosts, though. Aaron. <laughs> yes. Ghosts. Oh yeah, that's right. Ghosts. And I'm just here to facilitate. It's all good. Well, this this is in my realm as ghost of Christmas past, because this was the past. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I do have one more point to make. Yes. In the Kermit and Piggy household, all oh, the wi- all the girls are pigs and all the boys are frogs. How does felt genetics work in this setting? Why are you doing the Spock hand? <laughs> I'm trying to like pair them off because there were two boys and two girls and then something hanging out over here, which we don't know what that is because it's it does. So and then at the end of the film, they put a big turkey on the table like they're they're carnivorous. Like, pigs will eat anything. Pigs will eat anything. Pigs will eat anything. Having including watched, themselves having watched and Snatch, each other. I can I can and, attest to that. But, but also, frogs. Frogs, again, are, frogs are carnivores too. They eat bugs. Will but, they? but again, okay. Dan, and grubs and worms. Muppets are technically felt, and that was a regular turkey. Correct. So they they. I'm not saying that they were cannibals. Yes, you are. You just said that. No, they're carnivores. He's not suggesting cannibals. this. I'm suggesting that they're yeah. they're cannibals because they're animals eating other animals. But, which he, but he's also trying to get at the sexism of why are the girls pigs and why are the so boys frogs? Correct. In he's the trying to get a rise out of his voice. Hell yeah. <laughs> pigs is the female gender, and frogs is the male. gender. Explain but, the pigs in space, then, sir. There's okay. Then Han- there, there Lance are, Hamilton, or whatever his name is. There are multiple <laughs> scenes in this movie where all of the bankers are pigs, male pigs. The, I would say <laughs> they are uh, they are boars. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm confused. I'm like, how does this genetics is it because work? they both start with B? Boars are bankers. No, the, boars are wilder than pigs. They're the, uh, they are javelinas. Like, I don't want someone wild dealing my with my money. <laughs> <laughs> I want someone calm and straightforward, like a frog. Oh yes, <laughs> frogs Here get stepped on and eaten. I yes, want Rob Cratchit to do my taxes. <laughs> we were we were ready for them to show the pot with the little kid's leg hanging out, like in the future. You like, were ready eh, for that. Dan was ready make for it that. happen. So we had some so, beer with this. 
<laughs> I was waiting for somebody to bring that up. Thank God. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> Let's cut that off. This is the part of the podcast where we start talking about the beers we enjoyed while watching this wonderful children's yeah. movie. So we're talking about The Muppet's Christmas Carol, which is a take on... Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Which I mean, it's not a even a take. Movie. It's just the story. It's the story. With a couple extra jokes here and there. With, it's a and, rendition. And, and some yeah. musical numbers, because I don't think they sing in the book. No, the, the version I had, that we had to hand out uh, song sheets. Okay, and you had to sing the parts? No, I made that it? up. Okay, yeah. I don't know. You never know. Every school district does it yeah, different. It's, it's not Lord of the Rings. You don't have to read through seven pages of song <laughs> to get to the action. All righty. We uh, knew what we were going to watch ahead of time, and I was like, hey... Let's go shopping for beer. And there's a lot of different Christmas beers out there. And there's some that have been made over and over and over numerous, numerous times. And don't really change a lot year to year. And then there's some new ones that are one-offs. And so we have an example of each of those. So we have the first one we did is from Oakshire Brewing, which is out of Eugene. But they do have a tap room here in Portland. We bought both of these beers at Bridgetown Beer House, and shout out to them for always having a great selection of good, interesting, seasonal, and strange things. Great selection in the fridge and on tap. Like yes. I've never been... There are places where I won't go because there's nothing on tap I ever want, but they always have at least one thing I like. Yeah, they always have good stuff. So Ill Temper Gnome has been around for many years as one of their seasonal regulars, and there's a name on the can on the Gnome's hat. There was. I was wondering if that was different across different It's Norm. G-N-O-R-M. I think it's a reference to an Anthony Michael Hall movie. Norm McDonald? No, Gnome named Norm. Yes. It's some terrible comedy that was released in the 90s. Uh, as far or 80s, maybe. As far as the beer goes, this American brown ale is an Oakshire original. We combine toasty, dark malts with the resinous hops, creating the perfect winter ale to soothe your ill-tempered gnome. That's from the can. I didn't Genome. just make that up. Gnome. Yeah. It's, uh, got a, it's got a pretty, if you were to pour this in a glass, it would normally have a pretty big head because it is very well carbonated. Uh, it's got a uh, hoppy pine resin and some tropical on the nose with a, maybe a little apple and caramel back. I like I that hoppy, I like the, the, the structure that hops yep. give to it. And I like that kind of resinous, piney, to me it, that suggests more Christmas. See, it's based I, off I didn't of a really get any strong, citrus yeah, when, I, when I drank. I got some apple, I got some yeah. honey, but. There's there's really strong American brown ale. So it's a lot of roast. So Brian, you, you have a good flavor profile when it comes to hoppy and not hoppy beers. You like both styles. I do. Uh, this was more bitter, a little mm. more hoppy. I enjoyed this with the film. Yes. I enjoyed it overall. I liked it a lot more than the second beer. I'm, I'm and with we Brian. can get there in a second. Yes. Um, it, it kind of had a bitter profile to me, which was went well with Scrooge's bah humbug feeling about the mm-hmm. season. And I, I made the mistake of getting up and grabbing one of our sugar cookies that was left over from our holiday party a week ago <laughs> to eat <laughs> towards the end of having this beer. And I was like, holy crap, <laughs> this goes really well because the sweetness really cut the bitterness. Mm-hmm. And it just, the flavors matched up really, really well. So if you if to, you are going to drink this mm. beer. To, to hear more, have tune, a sugar into, cookie. tune into a sugar Cookie in a Beer, yes. Dan, Dan's podcast. Oh, I'm uh, there for that. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we'll, we'll make predictions and, and, and do shout outs. We'll find out what cookies Tonight's go with epi- Episode Snickerdoodles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. I, I think this is a really, really interesting beer in that it changes. I know in years past, it's had a lot more spice in it. And this year, it's just more of that hop, northwest hop profile that's going to have that piney resin. And it, it it's bitter. It is a bitter beer. It mm-hmm. is it not is. a smooth winter warmer, which the second one 
that we had is a lot more alike. Any other thoughts on Ill-Tempered Gnome before we move on? I think it matched the movie. I did as well. Yeah. It, it, okay. Kind of a good winter uh, beer overall, but also yeah. really nice for kind of settling in watching a fun movie. Yeah. So 6.8 ABV and 65 IBU for this version. Uh, you can catch it in bottles or cans, most likely cans, tall boys at most grocery stores. I know like Freddy's has it, and I, I would imagine that most of the other major chains have it as well. Uh, the can art is very fun. It, and the can art, I think, is the same every year. That doesn't change, so that's why I really like it. It's, it's like, you know what you're getting, but it does have a block of text which explains what it is, which Aaron did a great job of reading earlier. I so thought I Aaron you. made it up off the, off the top of his head. No, no he did not. No, I'm going to make this up, though. Uh, Hail Santa Holiday Spice Ale. Spiced holiday ale made with cinnamon, allspice, ginger, nutmeg, and honey. Worship cheer. Worship cheer. Grains of Wrath Brewing. Wow, which, great improv skills, Aaron. Which is, it's impressive. Which is out of Camas, Washington. Which is a suburb of Vancouver, which is a suburb of Portland. It's not that far from where Brian lives, actually. It's on that east end of Vancouver. Don't dox Brian. <laughs> I'm not doxing him. I'm telling you. He's a, he lives we, over there. We all live in yeah. the Pacific Northwest. I, I, I what? <laughs> I live near this brewery. It's fine. It's a fine community. I yes. go hiking there and, and once a month at least. Nice, nice. Nice. So there's also a tap room on North Williams. They do have uh, production and distribution here in Portland as well. This is a 7%. This beer is actually, I think... I prefer this one over the other one, and I'm going to disagree with my co-host and say I think this beer actually went better because it tasted more like this, the holidays. To th- this one, uh, like just the the spice profile on it, reminds me of any like slow coast, uh, slow slow cooked braise or roast I've done where, where it's got like a bay leaf and black pepper and maybe a couple cloves yeah. in it. Uh, like the, the the spice profile on what you would get by cooking, you know, some brisket that way. With a, a bit, little bit of cabbage and you know onion and mm. carrot, like that tastes a lot like the spice profile that I get out of here. So for me, this beer is like, did I cook this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can understand that. But there's also candies and fruits and different desserts that have a similar profile that have and share with the similar spice. So like pumpkin pie or the clo- clove. If you were to do cloves in like a ham or something like that, Correct. like yeah, you, you would get some of that same flavor profile. But for cinnamon this- allspice. I mean, where's the ham? Miss Piggy's on the screen. There you go. <laughs> let's let's go there. This beer reminds me of being at a punk rock show where all the kids are smoking clove cigarettes. And <laughs> Holy crap! Here we go. And you can't breathe. <laughs> it's 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 just it's it overpowering. The clove and cinnamon it's too much. are a little bit too much. I you know I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not going to disagree. They are they're very. It's a very spice forward beer. It's intense. I would drink this with the Christmas horror movie. Yeah, which ha- having an inti- having an intense uh, kick of flavor along with the uh, like. I assume I don't watch a lot of horror. I assume Christmas also has coeds getting murdered by some I, psycho. I was going to ask for examples of this genre, but uh, like Gremlins. I mean, that's a that's tech horror ish, but it is a Christmas movie, right? Okay, um, so I mean, I'm talking like you know a bunch of people in in Santa hats and knee high boots, and then someone's stabbing. And there's blood. so when you get your alien Santa bad Santa crossover, this is the beer you want. I guess not sci-fi though. Yeah. I'm thinking like I'm thinking like Friday the Thirteenth, but in December. So this is <laughs> like, uh, like Saw with Santa hats. 
Santa hats, yes. Santa hats. Oh, good grief. So the can Jigsaw can see when you're sleeping or awake. So I'm going to ask the gentleman at the table to pick up the can and look at the can art. This is can art by Herb Epon. And it is like a a playing card where you've got a king and a queen. I'd almost say tarot card, too. It is. It's a tarot card. You have the hearts, which is Santa above, and you have the spade, which is who? If, you, Krampus, if, you, if your yeah. can is empty is and you flip it over, you'll see. Yeah, it is. If you pour one out for your homie, you can see it is Krampus. And Krampus has a little child in his bag with some thatchets oh, coming a little, out. A little blonde kid, looking a little blonde sad. kid. It's like, and Krampus has got an evil grin it, with some he, with some teeth. He's got the same chain that Marley and Marley did. Yes, he does. Marley and Barley. <laughs> And so there you go. So I'm I'm just going to leave it at like it's naughty and nice because it's it's a nice spice beer. But again, it's not for everybody because the spice That's is why very forward. <clears throat> yep, I go both ways. <laughs> All right, so good beer. I, I I find it the the spicing to be a little intense, as same. we've said. Yeah, same. Yeah, 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 yeah. So any other thoughts on this wonderful film other than the weird biology that felt does? Uh, it's hard to get two beers into an hour and a half to like really slowly enjoy them. Th- these are, these are tall beers. If you want to do two, maybe s- regular size cans. Maybe. Uh, stick to yeah. lower ABV. No. Yeah. Or eat some cookies with it. No. 24 uh, ounces, not uh, 36. Yeah. These are, these are, yeah. So these are both over 6%. So if you're not used to that, find something that you're going to enjoy. That's not going to distract, or maybe will distract because this, the the first one was bitter, and it went with the bitterness that Mister Scrooge had. So maybe an IPA of some sort. How many languages can you count to one hundred, Blake? Zero. So <laughs> really, can you count backwards from one hundred? I can't. I can't do the nineties. Like the nineties for me in English don't make any sense, so I just skip it. Were the nineties a difficult time for you? I was in my teens, so yes, <laughs> they were traumatic. No, I was going to ask. I was lamenting to Brian. Uh, Disney has the rights to the Muppets, and they have so much money. Why aren't there more movies where Muppets are the main cast with one or two lead actors? There's some so, live action Muppet movies. Well, I want to. No, I was going to ask you guys what movie would you want to see, or what like what piece of work would you want to see Muppetize? I'm going to steal the best one: Die Hard. Total Recall. Still, I'm still, Bru- you. still Bruce Willis. Let me no. finish. Still Bruce Willis as the one human, and his his wife Holly Gennaro, and then. Hans Gruber, the terrorists, the Argyle, C- Steve Urkel's neighbor, uh, the Johnson FBI agents, all Muppets. All Muppets like, all That the would time. be incredible. See Sam the Eagle saying, we'll cut the power line. It's the American way. <laughs> yeah, no. So, But I would love to see Toll Recall, uh, who's Total the one Recall. human? Yeah, it would be Arnold. No, I'll the chick with the three knockers. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is Muppets. There's some really, really disgusting Muppet sort of Muppet-esque movies that are out there that... That's not the I've question, seen. though, Dan. My question is, what non-Muppet <sighs> movie would you make into Muppets? The Terminator or... I, I just Ooh, love Arnold. I love Arnold films. Because then, this, then Re- it's more... Reservoir Dogs. Oh, oh. Who's the one human? Who's the one human? Mr. Pink. <laughs> oh, my God. Steve Buscemi dealing with Muppets is incredible. <laughs> That's Just better than my idea. That's much better. Than what's, your idea? Idea? what's your idea? No, please tell us. You have to share. Oh, I was thinking like a Battlestar Galactica reboot with Muppets. <gasps> Ooh, that'd be good too. Well, you know, and then Gaius Baltar the is the one human. They had the they had the puppet dog in the original TV. So, show. are you talking movies or TV shows? I was talking about t- reboot of the TV show. Oh, like the like, original TV show? No, original the the two thousands. Jerry Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, Edward James Olmos is now a Muppet. Yes. The president is a Muppet. Everybody's a Muppet. Except for Gaius Baltar, the most like weak, 
that would be uh, the most callow, like yeah, yeah. To, 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 to build on Brian's, all I can picture now is that scene in Reservoir Dogs where Mr. Pink's running, and then he shows the cops chasing him, and does that cut once or twice. <laughs> it's him running, and then up and doing that up and down thing they do. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Or, or how about leaving Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> with with Miss Piggy playing Elizabeth Chu's of character. Of course yeah. that's he's playing that. <laughs> because you can and you should. Uh Shaun the Dead with Simon Pegg and Fozzie as Nick Frost's character. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay, Boogie, Boogie Nights, but Mark Wahlberg is still Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah, no. there you go. <laughs> when, when he shows uh, at the at the final scene, is that felt or is that Oh, <laughs> uh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Okay, this went, this went right. so much better than I could have imagined. Thank you, gentlemen, for yes. indulging me. Yes, yes. So, so again, the centennial <laughs> episode, we, we want to thank everybody for listening and hanging in there with us and putting up with our ranting. <laughs> we've we've come a long ways, and we're going to continue going on and, and perhaps do it in person. These and, mics and were made places. for talking. They were, and we're not going anywhere anytime soon because, you know, we got crappy weather coming up, and we're going to just be hunkering down. Watching for the movie, rest of the drinking Watching, beers. Exactly. Right. Right. We best, were going to be doing a bunch of that. Best thing to do in a nice storm. Yes. Or pandemic if it comes back. One of the two. A pandemic if, ice storm. It's been just yes. kind of... I don't want to get too. I don't want to get too real on this, but it's just been kind of hanging out. <laughs> it's just hanging out. All right, it's so. getting ready to hit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, gentlemen, do you have any any words of wisdom for our fans on our centennial episode? Just definitely you know, not. No. <laughs> just, just thanks for putting up with us. Yeah. If you've made it to 100, I'm impressed. That's even more than I have done. Yeah, I've edited them all, so yes, I've had to listen to them all multiple times. It's You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so again, we're, we're doing this for fun. We're doing it for you, the listener, and for our own sanity because we have to say something to someone. We can't just keep it inside. No, I just say whatever all the time out loud by myself. I'm doing great. We yeah. only, we're only doing a podcast because we're white guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're white guys with facial hair. <laughs> we all have facial hair at this moment. Oh, God, it, I need to shave. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Sorry, we the beard boys. You, it's no <laughs> shave December. You can Block that out if you need. If that's no, too too no. on the nose. No, too it is personal. on the nose. It's no. the end. Yeah, there's never anything too personal, other than if you don't hydrate, you're gonna dehydrate. Yeah. yeah. Waka waka. My favorite. All right. So, what's everyone's nice. favorite Muppet? Before we go, mine is Mr. Beaker. Fozzie. Fozzie. Team Fozzie. Uh, tied between the Great Gonzo and Rolf. All right. Because how many characters do they have that don't actually speak any words that are, it's a made up mumble jumble? Most, like there's a third of the characters in the Muppets that don't actually It's a actually pretty good number. Well, like Animal, uh, does Animal there? And, uh, Animal says Animal Dance. <laughs> Oh, he, he speaks a couple of words. All right, he I don't know if he's fluent, but I know he's But Swedish chef, he just says herda herda bark bark bark. The chickens club. The chickens club. Beaker only meeps. Oh boy. Dan fix that in post. We're going to leave that in. That's Oh, I'm sorry listeners. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Here's Beaker. Yes. Um most definitely. There's a good number where it's just a lot of like humbling and bumbling. At least, for, at least for sure for the um the seventies show because it's all you know like you know backstage stuff. Be people in the background just as they just walk by. What, what Waldorf? Why were they the who Statler and Waldorf? Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I like them the best. They, they, they uh, are they're great characters. So funny. They yeah. they do a really good job, and you know it gives fond memories of childhood watching right. the Muppet Show. It's right. always good. This dialogue's put me to sleep. I should be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thanks for listening, and you know, as always, the opinions expressed during the taping of this recording are those of the hosts, 
and maybe other people, but we're sharing what we think. <laughs> and, um, you know, thanks for listening and hanging out. It's been a great journey, and we're going to continue on and, and find interesting things to watch and share and talk about and maybe some better beers. I don't know. We'll, f- we'll figure it out as we go. So, hasta la vista, hasta mañana, and I don't even know what next hasta, week is. Hasta luego. Hasta luego. Bah, humbug. Uh, right, well, yes. this, this, is, uh, this is Aaron. I guess I'll sign off by saying... For all the happiness you can contain, happy holidays. This is Blake going to panic mode because I didn't know I was supposed to have something so wonderful and nice to say. Um, Be safe out there. This is Brian. Thanks for listening to 100 episodes. Goodbye. Oh, thank you, Brian. Brought to you by Tatino's. Yes. (laughs) Pizza rolls on me. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.